it's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we talk about the fact that we are very complex human beings and um, we have four facets. Uh, Those facets are the intellectual, the emotional, the spiritual, and the physical. And keeping all of that in balance, in my estimation, is critical in order to live your best life. And today I have a returning guest that I haven't had on for quite a long time, and that's Doug Warner. And before we get to the conversation that Doug and I are going to have, I want to remind everyone that if you go to SynergyConnectionRadio.com, all of the shows are archived there. And I think we're about at 380 shows now over the past uh, five and a half years. Uh, Doug has been on multiple shows with me. So if you enjoy him on this show, please go back and find him on some of the other shows we've done over the years. Uh, Also, there is a link there to Boomer products. I've been using Boomer products now for uh, at least seven years. I know it brought me through the pandemic very well. And um, you can go into their website Uh, The two things that I keep reminding people, because, you know, we're not in the pandemic anymore, but if you're not healthy, and that's interesting that we're going to be talking about health and wellness in today's show, but if you're not healthy, then again, living your best life is nearly impossible um, because you might have chronic pain, which would be because maybe of chronic inflammation in your body. So there's two tests. One is called a C-reactive protein that measures the the level of inflammation that you have in your body. The other one is a D like in dog three test, and that one measures your immune system. So I just finished my physical a couple weeks ago. And I of course always ask for those tests because the doctors don't know to order them if you don't ask. Uh, It used to be part of the regular lab work done, and that's not the case anymore. So please ask your doctor to put them on your lab work. So the C-reactive protein for me was a 0.01. I have virtually no inflammation really running around in my body, and that's where every disease begins. So it's part of the reverse aging process that... Uh, is gaining national and international news these days, is that you can reverse age if you do certain things. Um, The D3, mine was 103. So I'm kind of um, making sure that I don't take quite as much D3 as I used to. Um, But you want your number to be above 70. That's your immune system that's fighting viruses and bacteria. Um, I neglected to say that the C-reactive protein, you want that number to be below 0.5. And like I said, mine was a 0.01. So um, uh, boomers, you know, they have the products that can make these things happen. And so please go check out their website. If you decide that you want to order anything, Um, the company has allowed me to uh, give you $5 off. All you have to do is put in my first name, L-U-C-Y, in the discount bar and at checkout, they will take the $5 off. All right, so like I said, um, Doug is uh, rejoining me. Uh, He's a meditation teacher and he's also a certified labyrinth 
facilitator. Um, and you'll be able to find him if you want to communicate with him at Douglas at warnerhealingguidance.com. And that's going to be on the um, uh, synopsis, you know, on all of the platforms. So you'll be able to, you know, check in with him later and maybe have him work with you personally. And we're going to be talking about reinventing yourself. And that's something all of us do all of the time. Um, once upon a time, we were kids in kindergarten. And then we had to go into elementary school. And I'm still a uh, professional counselor. And one of the young men I'm working with, he's getting ready to go into eighth grade. And so he sees himself now as, you know, kind of an, an elite person in the eighth grade, whereas last year he was just a measly seventh grader. You know, now he's an eighth grader, and that's pretty important before he goes to high school. And so we're constantly looking at ourselves, I think, in the mirror and deciding who are we now? And that's a part of what we're going to talk about. So hi, Doug. Welcome back. Hello, to how are you doing? Thank you for having me again. Um, my pleasure. Um, I, I know we've kind of drifted apart here for a couple of years, um, just because of my life and your life and how busy we both were. But I'm yeah. thrilled to have you back on the show. Thank so you. kind of catch us up with where you are today. Well, we've done, I've done a lot of reinventing since we've <laughs> actually seen each other. Mm -hmm. um, as, as you are well aware, I mean, we all went through COVID and that was my probably the first reinvention I had to go through in the last couple of years or so. Um, and, and having been a yoga teacher and a massage therapist, um, COVID really uh, undermined, if you will, or kind of um, hit my business hard. And so I had to reinvent myself and do shift from live teaching to virtual teaching, which is, is, is a blessing in disguise. It, uh, a lot of good things have come out of that. I do workshops and meditation classes um, virtually. And I am, now that COVID's, I say over, it's not over, but it's not the same situation. I am doing labyrinth walks uh, and med and uh, workshops live as well uh, around the community and um, actually the Southeast United States. Um, but most recently, uh, as far as reinventing myself, uh, that was a professional reinvention. Uh, last year, um, and I, I won't go through all the details, but last year I began a health odyssey um, about a year ago, last, last May, May of 2022, finding out that uh, I had a, I had some heart problems. And at the time they thought I had had a stroke. I had some stuff going on with my left arm, the one I'm right now scratching my head with, which is a good thing I can do that. <laughs> um, anyway, it, it culminated to um, having open heart surgery this last May of 2023 and triple bypass surgery. Uh, so I'm kind of on the, on the mend from that, but that again, kind of, it, it, it changed, it caused me to pivot once again, both professionally and personally. And that's kind of really been a genesis of what um, our conversation is, is coming around to. Uh, lots of folks, uh, because of um, because of COVID, had to pivot professionally. Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people you know, went to Zoom sessions and virtual and what have you. A lot of businesses did. But then this health issue, 
pivot because it was even a little more personal. It was my personal, another pivot in life, um, which resulted in, um, I've let my massage license go after 30 years of doing massage. I, my wife has, you know, kind of suggested, you think maybe at this point, since your left hand doesn't work very well and you had open heart surgery, you think you might want to look <laughs> at retiring that one. And I said, yeah. okay, okay. And, uh, so I'm no longer doing massage therapy, but I am teaching virtually. Uh, so it not only did this it, this uh, surgery heart event, um, of course, it was a physical health event, but it really uh, it made me really activate my meditation practice. That's for sure. Uh, and I've had to reinvent my myself in a number of ways. I'm 67. I turned 67 this summer. And um, just as a note, I'm I, I let a I lead now and did before led a pretty healthy lifestyle. Um, not completely vegetarian, but a lot of um, plant based uh, diet. Uh, obviously, exercise a lot. Uh, not over exercise, but yoga and walking, whatever. Um, never smoked a cigarette in my life, so. <laughs> Uh, basically all the questions that the doctors asked, um, and it boiled, uh, they boiled down to my, the biggest culprit here was genetics. Mm. Both of my parents, um, my mom died at 57 from a heart attack and a stroke. My dad died at, uh, but he didn't die of a heart attack. He had a heart attack and open heart surgery, but he died, uh, in, when he was six, almost 70 from cancer. So was, that was another story. Uh, but it was a genetic component. Um, and so here I am. And how has that affected my life? Well, it's affected me, obviously, professionally to a certain degree. But and I was in, in talking uh, to Lucy about this, it's made me do a lot of reflecting. Um, first of all, it made me revisit a lot of things that I cover in my workshops. And when I talk about meditations about um, identify who are you you know who are you really and we so easily get caught up in we are what we do you know i'm i'm a this i'm a that um what hat am i wearing today and well i've had to change hats and then not even wear a hat for a while so who am i and um where do i go to figure that out well it's it's an interesting adventure and i'm sure a lot of our listeners have had to go through a, a reinvention of themselves. Um, interesting enough, it used to be, and I'm not sure what the current statistics are, but I know it used to be um, that when men retired, their life expectancy in this country really plummeted. Uh, and I, and of course, there's a lot of studies done on that. And I'm sure you can you can find a bunch of stuff online, but my understanding the bottom line on what was going on there is that in our culture men identified themselves greatly by their careers by their jobs more so at that time now i'm thinking these studies this this awareness i think really evolved probably in the 70s maybe through the 80s maybe even a little earlier but it's it's still an ongoing topic more and more women of course in those in the last 50 years have been uh, in the professional workforce. And I suspect that um, a lot of women are going to be, have suffered this as well. They retire 
And it, if, you know, unless they do something, unless they, they pivot health in a healthy way, they, we all are going to be challenged because we, in our culture, we greatly identify ourselves with our careers, with what we do for a job. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do it anymore, then who are you? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I have a friend who travels extensively in Europe and he noticed that when he started, uh, he had retired early and started spending so much time in Spain and in France in particular. And there, when they ask each other, they don't say, who are you? But, you know, they'll basically say, you know, uh, what do you do? But they don't mean, what is your job? Um, They mean, you know, do you like music? Do you like to read? Um, And that's who you are. And so here in the United States, and I think Japan, and maybe even China, because it's a country that is focused on industrial kinds of of work, you know, they still think of it, um, even though they might be practicing religions that, you know, would allow them to be more contemplative, they still think of it in terms of production. What am I doing to produce as opposed to who I am? I think, you know, that's a really, really good point because um, I I had this conversation and actually I was watching something on television. Um, my wife and I were watching a uh, series on the blue zones. Mm. And talking of blue zones in the world, these are places where people live to be 100 plus. And there are certain places in the world, I just so our listeners uh, know what I'm talking about. And they were trying to identify what were the factors, the cultural, dietary, lifestyle factors that led to people living to be so, you know, so old in relationship to the rest of the population of the world. And one of those, they hinted at that, spoke of it, is that, you know, we, when you ask, what do you do? I remember I lived in Germany. It was the same thing. People said, well, what do you do? They weren't asking me what my profession was. And then they would reframe it and they go, well, what's your sport? Or what's your hobby? Uh-huh. I'm like, well, nobody ever asked me what my sport was. And <laughs> like everybody had one, uh-huh. except me at the time. <laughs> but, and I was like, oh gosh, I feel like oh, I better get a sport. And you know, what's your hobby? They, like you were just saying, you know, what what do you like to read? What that is very interesting because we have identified ourselves uh, greatly here um, in this culture as producers. Mm-hmm. And if we're not producing something, then you're, if you're not producing, you're losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, the, your value is gone. Your value is gone. And that's, and, and so this is at this, at a really intrinsic level, you can be, um, you can be knocked down a notch or two, unless you a prepare mm-hmm. for ahead of time, prepare, you know, really do this self-reflection before you have an event like I did before you're forced into um this self-reflection, but to say, well, you know, what, who am I and what, what am I going to do? And I think what we want to be is of worth. I Mm -hmm. I think this is one of the things we want to be effective. We want to be of worth. We Mm -hmm. want to be valuable in some way. And we've equated value to dollars. Well, but I'm going to interject something here, you know, as a psychotherapist, that is a concern for me too. And that's people who, um, you know, with this concept of what do you do of value, they might jump into, let's say, volunteering. Mm-hmm. But then volunteering becomes who they are. 
Yep. And, and rather than, you know, kind of um, finding that balance, because um, actually volunteering is one of the addictions that we have. There's 13 different addictions, and that is considered a healthy addiction if you carry it to an extreme or people that work out at the gym seven days a week, you know, and check their muscle tone or people who, you know, maybe are going to church you know, so many times and being overly involved in the church to the extent that their families end up suffering because they're not there with their families. So it's finding that balance, which is what I think the show is all about, is sure. looking at your life and finding this beautiful balance where, yes, you give to others and yes, you take care of your family and uh, maybe you're involved in the environmental issues or, you know, animal health and wellness. I don't know, but it's just finding the balance. I think that I agree 100 percent with that. I um, in, in meditation and the background I come from and in, in teaching meditation, which is uh, it's sort of a hybrid between yoga and Buddhism and, you know, mystical Christianity and what have you. But I, I look at most of our problems kind of as a matter of connection. We want to be connected. And I look at three levels of connection. Hence, there's three levels of possible disconnection. And it's our disconnection at one of these levels or all of these levels that can lead to us to have a problem. The first one is connecting with ourselves, connecting with who we really are. Mm -hmm. Because all this, this body, as we, you get to a certain place in life and as, or you have a health incident, you realize, boy, I sure hope I'm not just this body because this one's falling apart. You know, there goes the rearview <laughs> mirror and there goes the, you know, the light, and there go, oh, but I love this car. <laughs> I love this body. But we, you realize that if you, if you really take the time, you know, uh, before the in quotes emergency before the you know an incident just you know do this work the self-examination and and this connecting to who you truly are and i'm talking about um you know your and th this leads right into a spiritual side because that is one of the you talk about uh living your best life physically mentally spiritually and and this type of thing um so being connected number one with who you truly are and that takes some self-examination Am I, am I just this body or am I something more? And I, I like to call that a um, your soul self, your spiritual self. There's a lot of different words that people use in different traditions. Uh, but it's a part of you that it, it goes forward. It, it goes, th this, this body can fall apart, but that keeps going. And it, it's a level of consciousness. I'm not going to use this as a platform to go into a whole uh, diatribe about uh, about this philosophy's point. But the second point of connection is first, number one is myself connecting with who I truly am. And that takes, that takes work. Number two is connecting with others. And number three is connecting with something larger than ourselves. And I'll call it the divine. You can, you can call it whatever you want. Some people say God, some people, people say Allah, some people say Yahweh, some people say Wakantanka or the Tao or whatever, great mother goddess, the universe. I don't care what you call it. It is a field of consciousness that we're part of that permeates us. So me, you, and other, me, you, and God, let's just put it that way. Me, you, God, or, or the divine. Those are the three levels of connection. And if we're connected on all three levels, 
we're leading a pretty balanced life that takes care of the physical, it'll take care of the mental, intellectual, and it'll take care of the spiritual. But most people at some point render a disconnection somewhere in there. They find a disconnection. And we're talking about reinventing yourself is a possible disconnection to the first one. Who mm -hmm. am I? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not if you're not well seated in understanding who you truly are, then a change in your health, a change in your job, a change in your marital status, a change, a hurricane comes through and takes your house away. We just had that. Mm -hmm. um, it can rock your world more than some people. If you're well seated in who you truly are, then realize that that stuff happens to your one part of you, one part of your existence, but it doesn't change who you really are. Right. In um, connecting with others, and you talk about volunteering, you know, in the yoga tradition, they have one of the yoga practices is called karma yoga. And karma literally means action, but it's what we would call community service or volunteering. It's a, it's a form of meditation. It's connecting to others. And connecting to others cannot, it's other, not just other people, but I, I will, I'll take it out with, to nature, to in what we would call creation. It's connecting outside of your I self, you know, I with a capital I, and the connection to the divine. How many people we know are mad at God? <laughs> a lot. A lot. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I, I, when I do my, uh, my labyrinth walk stuff with these these workshops um we talk about that we talk about prayer and prayer and meditation go hand in hand and some and by the way i think both of those are really strong health components in a person to have a healthy everything and prayer is talking meditation is listening Mm -hmm. I call it a conversation with the divine. Any good conversation is a is a dance between talking and listening. We tend to to treat the divine as an ATM or a candy machine. You, know, you put your money in and want what, what, what do you? I, I need it. Get, let's, all right, I put my money in. Give me my give me what I want. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> so, in in my journey, I had the the good fortune of having spent a lot of time in reflection and meditation, uh, establishing um, a connection at these levels, because that's what I do. I mean, it's, it's what I teach. It's so, um, reinventing myself was not as difficult as it has been for a lot of people I know. Um, and and I, so it, it does take work. Start early, make your connections early. Uh, that, that's really like, good good advice I'm going to pause here for just a minute uh, to have a word from our sponsor and we'll be right back everyone are you feeling stressed and anxious about life have elevated blood pressure experiencing weight gain having problems with your immune system getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever and it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from boomer products Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. Check out our website at www.boomerboost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code LUCY at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today. 
with Boomer products. Welcome back to the Synergy Connection show where I have as my guest, he's a returning guest, Doug Warner, and we're talking about reinventing yourself. And you're you're right, you know, in terms of um, if you do take time to meditate, to be with nature, um, to listen as much as you speak, um, I think it's easier when a catastrophe does happen, whether it's a hurricane like we just had, or whether it's something with your health, or whether it's the death of a spouse, or you know, you've lost your home, or you've relocated, whatever it is that's disrupted your life. I think if you have practiced learning how to listen as much as you are giving information, it's a little easier to get back in balance. And I think that's what you were saying. Yeah, absolutely. And we're talking about listening. You know, Obviously, it, it's metaphorical. We're listening with a variety of faculties, not just our ears. Although I, there is a little saying that I love is that we're given two ears and one mouth to be used in that proportion. Um, <laughs> yes. But, but um, we're talking about listening with it. I call it an intuitive side of ourselves. I, I, may, I, I talk about head knowing versus heart knowing. Mm-hmm. And that gut knowing or that, you know, that intuitive, it's intuitive consciousness. You know, you uh, and I have talked about the fact that we spend 95% of our time in our brain trying to figure things out with yeah. who said it, where did you get your information? How do you know this? And yet we have 40 million brain cells in our heart. So if we learn to go to our heart and intuitively seek the truth for us, we can't seek it for anybody else, but if we seek it there for ourselves, it will always, always, always guide us to the right answer. Absolutely. In fact, you know, there you said in the heart, but you're right. There are neurons, there are brain cells in the heart yeah. muscle. Mm-hmm. There's also in the gut, and it's in uh, medicine. It's called the enteric uh, nervous system. The what's in the gut, what's in the stomach and the, and the gut area, it has as well. So we have gut feeling and my heart told me. In fact, one of the exercises, you know, just to, because again, I'll, I'll say this, is that this goes back to guys and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, part of what I'm talking about today is, is definitely leverage from a guy perspective. Um, some of this is about guys, but it's also about women will do the same thing. But in our culture, we not only, uh, we, not only do we have we have a problem reinventing ourselves, but we also really put down, we dismiss intuitive, the, an intuitive knowing. In mm-hmm. fact, if if they want, if men want to be dismissive, they always say, "Well, that's just woman's intuition." Yeah, it is, mm-hmm. and it's pretty darn good, mm-hmm. and you have to pay attention, right? And because because we're equating into this intuitive thing with an emotional side thing. This is not emotion. It's another way of knowing. And people, I've had students go, eh, no, that's, no, no, no. I said, all right, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had to make a big decision in life? Oh, everybody goes, yeah, sure I have. You know, like, and I'm talking about big decision. Uh, I'm not talking about you're trying to fix something in, do I need a flatheads or a Phillips screwdriver? I'm talking about, uh, do I take this job? Do I make this move? Do I choose this partner? Um, Do change a path, for instance. Uh-huh. what i'm looking for okay so everybody goes yeah i made this i've had to make a big, big decision I said, well how do you make the decision if like most people you do your research okay let's say i've been offered a job in another state well i'm going to do make the, i'm going to do the research i'm going to research the company i'm going to research how much money am i going to make 
How much is the move going to cost? Where am I going to live? Is this an advantage or not? I'm going to use this. I'm going to use my toboggan here. I'm going to use my intellect. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to collect my data. And then I'm going to make a decision. But when we go to make the decision, we have, where do you go to make that decision? And I always ask people, I said, you had to make that big decision. You, you collected your data. How many of you have followed, but, but your gut, your heart says, nah, because my data, my research said you should do A, choice A, but my heart or my gut said, no, choice B is going to be better. How many of you followed your head and not your heart? Mm -hmm. I get, I get a number of hands. I said, how did that turn out for you? It did not work well for most people. I said, now flip it around. How many, how many times have you said data is great. I'm going to sit over here. I'm going to follow my heart. I'm going to my intuition. Another set of hands goes up. How did that work for you? Ultimately it worked. So when we all, almost all of us have direct experience with this intuitive knowing, we just didn't really recognize it. In fact, I, I read something not that long ago. Um, historian was doing um, research on big decisions of the 20th century by, you know, the big players of the 20th century. You know, we're talking about Winston Churchill and Roosevelt and Mahatma Gandhi and, you know, the political, you know, this kind of thing. And they found that every one of them, when they had to make a big decision, they they did their research. They had, you know, they collected their intelligence. They had, they did their mental stuff. But when they came to making the decision, and this was taken from direct, directly from these subjects or from their memoirs or from letters they had written, whatever, they made their decisions, these big decisions, intuitively. Mm -hmm. You um, know, one of the things that I also want to uh, share that I think people will identify with is so many times the people that love us, you know, our parents, uh, friends, um, you know, professors, uh, co-workers, it, when we're making those kind of decisions, because they care, they think they know what's best. Sure. You know, so they come in and they go, oh, no, 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 no. You need to do X, Y, Z. And your gut will always tell you, no, you know, um, I know you have my best interest at heart. I know you love me. But what you're telling me to do, my gut is saying, no, don't do that. And um, and you have to trust that. Absolutely. And so many times we don't trust ourselves. We trust somebody else. Once again, this is opening yourself to, I think that's the key. Men are very hard to trust that intuitive stuff, the intuitive stuff, you know, because that's all oh, that, you know, that airy fairy kind of stuff that, you know, that flighty stuff. And men are going, no, 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 I'm going to use my brain. Well, that works on fixing the carburetor maybe. But or installing a shelving system, it, it doesn't work as well, sometimes not at all, when you're working in these larger fields of the human experience. And this is one of the things I'm going to say to prepare to reinvent yourself. I think this is one of the I, I have come to find that one of the biggest skills that someone can do to prepare themselves is to open up to all of the signals, all of the information that's coming our way and learning to give credibility to that intuitive side because that's going to nourish you through 
a lot of stuff, whether it's a health thing or a job thing or a retirement or a loss. Um, it, it's and it's not it's not by its nature. It's not just religion. Religion can incorporate it. It can or it can't. It depends on the religion and how you use it. But I will say it is in a spiritual realm. But it's part of who we are. When you want to figure out, well, who am I really? Part of that is that intuitive that that part of you that can actually pick up those signals, those intuitive signals, and process them. It's mm -hmm. a it's a level of consciousness. So you know, it, it, which goes into the other part of having a support network. I think women by nature are better in, than most men at having a support network. I think that probably is true. Um, guys have a tendency to, you know, go play ball, go play golf with each other, uh, you know, talk business, talk sports, but it's not talking at that deeper level. Exactly. And women have a tendency to probably do much more of that. You know, they might be talking about the kids. They might be talking about their spouses or their jobs, but they also get into that feeling component. And most men are not comfortable talking about. Oh, no. oh you're absolutely right. Men are not, as a rule in our culture, men are not real good at talking about feelings. I remember working, uh, you know, in Green Bay when I had a private practice and I was working with ministers quite often. And you would think of, of everyone that is in any profession that that might be a profession where they would be more comfortable talking about feelings. And that's why they came to me is that they had no one to talk to because uh, they couldn't talk to their parishioners about what they were feeling. Right. But they even struggled a little bit with the questioning that I was doing with them because they weren't in touch with that. They were so busy helping everyone else that they didn't understand how to work with themselves. Well, it also could possibly, and I don't know these folks, but I have my own set of experiences in that kind of thing where if you're guiding other people and you say you're helping other people and all of a sudden you say, I need help you're afraid that's going to discredit your ability mm -hmm. to be a helper. Sure. If the helper needs help. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting. They turn into gods, you know, instead of being a human being, they somebody, you know, the parishioners, the staff, they've elevated them to this platform, you know, like the Pope, you know, he can do no wrong. Well, right. What a horrible position for somebody to be in. Oh, that's, yeah, that would be. That would be not, that would be hell. You know, it's interesting because I, I work with a, here in the Tampa Bay area, there's a, there's a, a group I, I've begun to work with in the last couple of years. It's called Operation Restore. And it's through our Franciscan Center here in Tampa. Um, and it's not a Catholic organization, although the Franciscan Center, it's a retreat center. Um, this is a group of ministers and uh, mental health professionals that work together to offer the once a month retreats. Uh, and primarily they're opening, it's opened up to uh, first responders and military folks who have been identified with PTSD. And I've uh, been brought on to do labyrinth walks with this group. So I do, I got a little, a little portion of their program that I, I get involved in. Uh, but there are women that come to this course, women in military, women in, as first responders. I will say so far, my experience is most of the, most of the folks that come to these are men. And they're identified by their supervisors as needing the retreat. They don't, they're not just going in on their own. Mm -hmm. 
the interesting thing is everything we're talking about here um, is pertinent because a big theme, not only in the, in the retreat, but in what I'm doing is what way I just talked about is giving your intuitive side, your, those, those giving it credibility, giving it space and learning to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and allowing yourself to not be always the strong one, because I was in the, I was in the army for 11 years. And I'll tell you, it, you know, you, <laughs> you take being a guy in our culture and everything we just said, and then you put on top of that, you're in the military mm-hmm. you're, you, or you're a firefighter or you're a police officer or any of these things. You've got this other layer of, I can't let them see me sweat. Mm-hmm. There's a whole nother layer on top of that. So there's a, there's a lot of plaque that can get developed over the, over a person's psyche and over their, their spiritual side. Right. So, go right. ahead. Yeah. Can you believe we're at the end of our show already? Oh my gosh, really? Really. It's just, it's like, poof, it just goes so fast. Um, let people know how they can find you. And of course, again, it's going to also be on the synopsis. But, you know, if you have any other information you want to give them that says, hey, I'm out here and I can help you. Sure. Uh, my name's Douglas Warner. Uh, my, uh, my email address is Douglas, D-O-U-G-L-A-S, at Warner healing guidance.com no spaces uh and my uh and the best way to open a conversation or to find out if you um what workshops i've got what events i've got i'm doing what uh offerings i have i'd be happy to have a communication with you have a conversation with you uh online um we can do a phone call too we can do a zoom session whatever works for you but also i mean i would invite you to um these workshops and what have you meditation sessions because they're most of them are virtual so you can be anywhere any you know anytime i record them all so that you can get if you can't make it then just sign up for it and you get the recording so that's douglas at warnerhealingguidance.com and again thank you so much for having me this, uh, this morning oh it's always my pleasure i absolutely love having you as a guest and and i consider you a very good friend so take good care of yourself and everybody, please share this show. And as I mentioned, uh, Doug has multiple shows with me. Go back into uh, the uh, archive shows and just look for his name uh, because it's there many, many times over the last five and a half years. Um, please go out there and make this your best life. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.